I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Guys, I'm between jobs. I gotta pay rent. I need money. Subscribe to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Matthew Donald. There you can find bonus content for this show, Paleo Bites. A little bit of bonus content for my show, The Ritwit, currently on indefinite hiatus. But mostly Paleo Bites stuff. And the Paleo Bites bonus content, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals. And this month, we're talking about The Lost World, book 1995. Specifically, the Michael Crichton sequel to Jurassic Park, the book version. It's very confusing. He named it a title that's like other classic dinosaur story, and it's a sequel to... Another classic dinosaur story, but not the movie version, the book version. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the book version. It's very confusing. Why did you call it that? At least it's not as confusing as the movie version where it's The Lost World, colon, Jurassic Park. It should be the other way around! Anyways, we're talking about that Michael Crichton sequel to the Michael Crichton book, Jurassic Park. That's pretty good. You can definitely tell that the later Jurassic World movies, particularly Dominion, took a lot of inspiration from them. Link is in the description where you can sign up to the Patreon. Thank you for your support. Have a good day. Help me pay rent, please! Ah, I don't want to get evicted! Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast that's the equivalent of all that volcanic activity at the end of the Cretaceous. It's not the main source of the industry's death, but it sure shows what a bad state it's in. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Matthew Donald, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate of genius of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week, I'm joined by one of the original uh, people I didn't, I've done the show with. Uh, you're, you've been here since the beginning. It's Stephen Currow. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be back. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I remember those fun times. Like, I met you at that library in Fort Collins. And I think I still uh, remember the original five we did. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. That's the first time we, we did it. What did we do? We did Dimetrodon. We did Stegosaurus. We did Utah Raptor, Eoraptor. And that sounds about right. One more. I forget what the other one was. For the original, original, I have to, the original. I'll have to look it up. Hold on. I guess I could just also look it up here myself because I'm a <laughs> professional. <laughs> so, uh, just go. All, uh, I know we did a patron episode when you visited my house and met my sister's puppy. Yes, that was great. So it's, 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 uh, okay, this might take a while. So while, while or you're <laughs> going through this, uh, so um, I guess out of those original uh, episodes, uh, or I guess one of those creatures that we covered, which one of those is your favorite? Mm. That's the dinosaur related question. Oh. Of all the dinosaurs that Dimetrodon, so Stegosaurus, Eoraptor, Utah Raptor, and whatever the fifth one was. I know whatever we did the fifth one was. <laughs> uh, um, it's going to come to me here. You know, 
I like I like them all, but I do think Stegosaurus is. Oh, uh, it's a classic. It's a cl- it's a classic. You know, I got to side with a classic. Oh, because I want you rank them all. <laughs> oh, I, oh God. Uh, the second Utah Raptor, I presume. Yeah, I would say so. And then, yeah, Dimetrodon. And then Eeyore. Bless him is the last. So Dimetrodon's the last. I would go. He's not a dinosaur. <laughs> I, I guess that's true. Anyway, but he, well, I mean, how much do you like him? Also, he was in Jurassic World Dominion, which that's is cool. True. I mean, he is pretty whole. And he also they, in that in that uh, they gave him a really human like scream, and it was very eerie. <laughs> it was creepy. Yeah, yeah because yeah, the yeah. show they were like human, not ancestors, but like sort of cousins to the lineage of the Weird, humans. creepy, great-great-uncles of mammals. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Eoraptor is like one of the first dinosaurs ever. So. It, it, if not the first, yeah. That's why I would rate him a little bit higher, but okay, that's just me. See. Hold on. Dude, this is... What was that fifth one? Okay, so there's Stegosaur. Okay, so... Oh, Dreadnoughtus! Oh, yes. Got yes. it. Okay. okay. So that's... Oh, oh, uh, God, that was driving me crazy. All right. So, okay, new ranking. Where does that I'm going to go book? Stegosaurus, then Dreadnoughtus, okay. then the others. Okay, got it. Yeah. Stegosaurus is a classic, but Dreadnoughtus is... It's a new classic. <laughs> yes, he is. He's gigantic. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Um... So, well, my favorite is Acrocanthosaurus, even though we're just doing that one now. <laughs> and speaking of which... Plot twist! <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Acrocanthosaurus! Yay! Yay! He is one of my favorites. Yeah, sure. Such a cool dinosaur. Such a good mishmash of a lot of different cool predatory dinosaur traits. And very underrated. No one knows Acrocanthosaurus, so hopefully this episode will change that. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. All right, so it means high-spined lizard. You know, like how acrophobia is the fear of heights. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so... That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> type, it is a Carcharodontosaurid, a group of massive theropod dinosaurs that dominated the Gondwana in the earlier parts of the Cretaceous. Mm-hmm. Although this is not in Gondwana, this is in Laurasia. <laughs> right. How to get up there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I guess it took a boat. I like to think it just... <laughs> it just sailed. A bunch of Acrocanthosaurus sailed the high seas. That's... Prove me wrong, scientists. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is it, that teapot? You know that... What is it... It's like Gabriel's teapot or something. Gabriel's no, it's teapot. something like that. It's this. Uh, it's more of a philosophy thing about this scientist that said uh, somewhere in space, orbiting the sun in between the orbits of Earth and uh, Mars, is a teapot. And the thought experiment was that no one could prove him wrong <laughs> because how could you look for that in such a short? It's, it's a little bit teapot just orbiting the sun uh, until uh, proven other. I mean, it, obviously there isn't one. But it's I mean, such a claim that's just like, and it's sort of like Schrodinger's cat. Like, until we can prove it wrong. Unless you can argue that one of the space missions deliberately threw a teapot into space. Well, it came up with this like in the 1800s. So. This is ridiculous. So, yeah. it's a thought experiment. It's a stupid thought It's It's experiment. philosophy, which, which I say, get a job, philosophers. <laughs> of course, a tree makes a sound if there's no one to hear it, <laughs> if it falls down in the forest. Or does it? No. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, Size 10 to 11.5 meters. So that's 33 to 38 feet long, 6 to 8 tons. So basically T-Rex sized. Pretty much. It's just a little bit smaller. Teensy bit smaller. Uh, It was a carnivore, though. Uh, Time early Cretaceous, 125 to 112 million years ago. Location, Oklahoma, Texas, and Wyoming, USA. Although teeth fossils attributed to this genus have been found in Maryland as well. So this thing dominated the whole continent. Could be probably all over the continent. And yeah. don't forget, there are tracks, probable tracks in Colorado. That's true. I forgot about that. Yes, I did forget about that. You said, don't forget. And I did. Ah! <laughs> Describe 1950 uh, pop culture appearances. Robert Backard's novel, Raptor Red. Mm-hmm. 
the Dinoverse books, uh, the documentaries Planet Dinosaur, Monsters Resurrected, and the uncreatively named Prehistoric, <laughs> the Dinosaur King anime, the video games The Isle and Primal Carnage Extinction, an episode of the Land Before Time TV series. Mm. But in terms of the Jurassic Park franchise, it's in the video games Warpath Jurassic Park. You ever play that one? It was like a fighting game. Like, uh-uh. It was a fighting game like Street Fighter. Or like, oh, it was more like a Killer Instinct, I think, because it was one of those fighting games where like you could circle. I mean, it was still like one or the other, but you could also circle, too. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, it was in that. It was in Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. I remember. That's where I first encountered Acro, yes. honestly. Uh, it was in Jurassic Park Builder, Jurassic Park 3, Park Builder, and Jurassic World Evolution, making it one of the most commonly appearing dinosaurs in the franchise that has been in precisely zero of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, Poor guy. Maybe I, next time. No. <laughs> uh, I, I just think he's so cool. I really like his design in Jurassic World Evolution. Have you seen his design in Jurassic World Evolution? Uh, I think he showed me. Yeah, because it's more. it looks more mammalian, like almost has like lips, but also rather than like a spine, it kind of looks more like it's kind of all built together to be like just kind of a big hump sort of thing. Hmm. Oh, let me show you. Just one interpretation. Well, it does the same thing for Aronosaurus too. It turns it more into a hump rather than a sail. A hump. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know. It doesn't look like. I don't know. I think the sail looks cooler. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, I get, I can see that. Uh, but if that's scientifically, but it also was. some of the skin variants are really pretty for that. Some, they, some of them look like tropical fish. Like this one. Oh. That's a variant you can have for That's them. a pretty pattern with yeah. the, the gray and the black there. Yeah. Or like this one. Nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not sail-like. It's, it's like I mean, it has a bit of a ridge, but other than that, yeah. I don't know. I think it's interesting. But I can see why. It, Oranosaurus Jurassic World Evolution. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So here's their depiction of Oranosaurus in Jurassic World Evolution. So again, turning it not just into a sail, but into a fleshy hump. Right, right. That's just... There's the one that that you're probably used to. Yeah, that that, that looks cooler. You think? I don't know. I think this is distinctive. (laughs) <laughs> but a giant sail isn't distinctive. I mean, it's. I mean, it is. I guess. I mean, I guess it kind of looks. It looks giant like a hump looks cumbersome. It does look like an Igor type. Like, yeah, yes, exactly. master. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring the other dinosaurs to life. Pull <laughs> the switch, Oranosaurus. Yes, master. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so when people talk about the biggest and baddest predatory dinosaurs, a few examples come to mind. 
Mostly T-Rex, for obvious reasons. Some people say Allosaurus or Gigantosaurus. They want to be more sophisticated. Some say Spinosaurus because they've only seen Jurassic Park 3 and don't realize it's basically a giant stork newt thing now. (laughs) 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 um, (laughs) But what if I told you there's a creature that most people tend to ignore on lists like this that's nearly the size of T-Rex, has the overall body shape of Gigantosaurus, and has a sail like Spinosaurus. This isn't some wacky mutant hybrid dinosaur of science fiction, but an actual species in its name is Acrocanthosaurus. There you go. A member of the ever-so-cool Cargodontosauridae, a group of massive theropods that dominated the early parts of the Cretaceous but got competed by the Tyrannosaurus and the Belosaurids in the later parts. Uh, Acrocanthosaurus is a real ignored species that deserves far more recognition than it gets. So uh, its most notable feature is its tall neural spines. One's not quite as tall as spines. are still impressive regardless as they sometimes reach up to two and a half times the height of the vertebrae from which they extended. Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, you have a book there. I do. So this is Acrocanthosaurus Inside and Out by Kenneth Carpenter. Is he the one that uh, described it initially? Uh, no, but yeah. he is an expert and he felt it was time. I for... guess it's true. It was described in 1950, so he'd be right. really old. Yeah, he was, he was not that old when I, <laughs> when I saw him. I saw him speak at the Dinosaur Ridge uh, Gala one year, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and this book is even autographed. But more to the point, he... Um, did this entire biological workup on Acrocanthosaurus, and he writes, I suggest that the tall spines in Spinosaurus and the high ridges in, ac- uh, in Acro, Acrocanthosaurus, were for looks. They helped animals to recognize others of the same species, made the, made the animals look bigger and more intimidating in fights. Which I don't know if Acrocanthosaurus really needed, but... But right, yeah. But yeah. still... Um, maybe maybe to each other, maybe not to other species. Other species they are looks big, but to each other, if like a, two bulls happen to come across each right, other, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, more intimidating in fights for mates and territory, and or made them look his words, not mine, sexy and attractive for a mate. <laughs> Beauty was in the eye of the dinosaur, <laughs> and Indeed. he go- and he goes on. But that was his comment. I could see that. Well, it's like it's only interesting with like all these different weird variants that like on the body that different dinosaurs had. It's like what in the world were they used for? It's like I was doing research on Carnotaurus for another episode of um, Paleobites, which may or may not have already come out at this point. Let me let me check the schedule. Uh, it's not come out yet. It's coming out soon, though. Um, but uh, they talk about the horns. And it's like, what in the world were those horns for? <laughs> other than Ceratosaurus, no other uh, dinosaur and theropod has those horns. Right. So either they were for... Well, what, do you, well, what did you find? Well, I felt well. Someone suggested they were used for hunting. It's like, uh, but some were actually thinking it was more to like help with like ramming each other. That's like, what I was thinking. It's for like wrestling. Or... Yeah, it's like, and also like the, the fact that they had such a short head and like uh, and a thick neck meant it like really good at like absorbing shock. So maybe not so much like rams or pachycephalosaurus, but they could just slash each other's sides. <laughs> and yeah, the horns just kind of yeah, kind, the horns uh, uh, distributed the inertia of the. Uh, of the impact. That would make sense. So, Meanwhile, Acro is just most likely trying to intimidate yeah, or attract. Exactly. That makes sense, too. And also, to be fair, Ceratosaurus kind of has... It doesn't really have brow hordes. It's more like brow crests. But kind of people make it look like it has Triceratops-style horns. <laughs> I can see why someone would stylize, um, stylize it like that. But in terms of, yeah, um, Acrocanthosaurus sale... It didn't live in as hot of an environment as Spinosaurus, so temperature regulation definitely doesn't seem to be the main uh, theory for it. Um, right, right. Some people have uh, suggested as well that it could be fat storage, making it akin to a fleshy hump rather than a sail, which is the, the idea it's depiction in Jurassic World Evolution went with. But the thing about Campbell skeletons, they don't have the humps. Oh, that's if you look right, at a, because it's a fleshy, it's a fleshy hump. Yeah, it's not so, a, yeah. so this does have the, in the skeleton, so, so that doesn't make... that. 
doesn't make a lot it's of sense. Less likely. So, yeah. um, uh, but still an interesting idea. Uh, but Aquacanthosaurus was the top predator of its environment, with potential prey items including sauropods like Astrodon and Sauroposeidon, ankylosaurids like Sauropelta, uh, which is by far the most uh, mocked episode of this show, the Sauropelta episode, because <laughs> I let Natasha ramble for 11 minutes of the 22-minute episode about transits in Denver. Oh, that was the episode that got a negative rating. Yeah, and you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I still like that episode, though. There's a lot of fun stuff to it, but we do talk about Sauropelta very minimally in it. <laughs> You try to talk about Sauropelta better than that. It's kind of a boring one. <laughs> yeah, not much going on. With that uh, but <laughs> also, it hunted ornithopod dinosaurs like Zephyrosaurus and Tenontosaurus. Yay, Tenontosaurus now depicted more than cannon fodder for packs of Tenonicus. Yay. Now it's depicted as cannon fodder for a bigger predator. This poor Tenontosaurus. I know. He's so picked on. I, I, we should do an episode of Tenontosaurus sometimes and talk about like all oh, it's, it's cool on its own because it seems to be its only, yeah. its only purpose is every to get single, torn apart by Tenonicus. Every single book that you find Tenatosaurus in, as Aaron from Dinosaur Rich put it, he's being trashed. Like <laughs> trashed by usually Denonicus, sometimes other creatures. Yes. <laughs> so um speaking of Denonicus, that was also an animal that lived alongside Aquacanthosaurus and Utah Raptor, like in uh like Raptor Red. Raptor Red, yeah. Um but this fellow predator species wouldn't have been much competition for it, but it might have potentially been another source of prey. <laughs> So yeah, Aquacanthosaurus was a big, badass predator that ate long necks, chomped through ankylosaurid armor, had a giant sail, and fought with raptors. The only thing that's missing is a good ceratopsy, unlike Taurosaurus or Pentaceratops, for it to fight like T-Rex. But those hadn't evolved yet, so right. this was around the time of Cetacosaurus. So so he, he had quite a diverse range, uh, yeah. range of prey to uh, feast upon. Exactly. So why isn't this creature more recognized by the general public? <gasps> it needs a big movie appearance. No, seriously, he does. Although I do kind of like the design of the Giganotosaurus in Jurassic World Dominion, where it kind of has a hump, like, kind of, like, because that's the same family, so. Mm-hmm. I, so, so the, you know, that, that kind of gives us a little bit in, of insight in the public eye, mm-hmm. a little bit. I'll put him in one of my books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, I, I have him in, my, I'll tell you, I'll tell people where you can find him in my books, too. Um, but, yeah, so. I really like Aquacanthosaurus. You got any more in that book that you want to share specifically? Uh, there's a lot of technical, technical information. I like that picture of the here. skull, of the human skull inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming that was some fossil found that creationists tried to <laughs> show. Like, see, they were together. I would not be surprised. <laughs> uh, well, it says here for that. Relative size of the brains in Acro and in a human. Although the brain of Acro may seem to be almost as large as a human brain, it has much less volume because it is narrow. From side to side, see figure eight. So you can see. Ah, uh, yes. It's, uh, well, the reader, the viewers can't see it, but it's a uh, narrow, very strange shape. Uh, right. The human brain is more of a sphere. So oh, okay. it's common with a lot of theropods that their brain is, uh, you know, long, elongated. Right, right. Comparatively speaking. That makes sense. Um, but to be fair, I'm assuming like bird brains, they might be more efficient than mammal brains. Mm. Like, like I read... So bird brain is usually used as an insult, but it really should be used as a compliment because bird neuron, one burrow, neur neuron, that's a tongue twister, one, one bird, bird neuron, neuron there you works go. about two or three times the amount of one mammal neuron. So a Ooh. bird neuron is worth two or three mammal neurons. So birds are pretty So pretty they can smart. be as smart as a human with a much smaller brain. Very impressive. So... <laughs> um. It does say here, it was also important for Acro as a hunter to judge distances to its prey. Otherwise, it may have closed its mouth on air, obviously. Judging distance requires depth perception, which is made possible by stereoscopic or 3D vision. Right. Well, because like, the thing about T-Rex that's notable about it compared to like other one- theropods, especially earlier ones, that it definitely had forward-facing eyes. 
So yeah, many many carnivores did. So, yeah. but some of them didn't though, which is kind of weird. Yeah, how are you going to hunt if you can't see directly in front of you? Isn't there a... birds have their eyes on the side? How in the world do they fly? <laughs> That's a very good point. I never thought <laughs> so, of that. Without ramming into things. Yeah. Well, I guess, although I guess my cockatiel, you can kind of tell when she's looking ahead. You can see her eyes kind of like kind of, uh, so even they, though they're just black beads, you can see like the muscles kind of in the like. So they can focus forward. Yeah, like when they have to. I swear, my cockatiel. Uh, she's so sassy about my girlfriend, and one thing she likes to do is like when she's sitting with me, she kind of likes to st- kind of stare at uh, her, but in a way that like she's looking kind of away. She's like it's like she's using the fact that we can't quite tell which direction her eyes are looking to like sneakily <laughs> glare at Catherine without us noticing. That's hilarious. <laughs> she is so sassy towards my girlfriend. Uh, but let's rate Acrocanthosaurus one out of sixty-five million. You know what? I'm gonna give it sixty-five million. It's really cool. <laughs> I'm going to give it a perfect score because I don't know what it could do better. You're going to give it a perfect score? I am. Mm, 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 I'm going to give it a 60. Oh, uh, okay. I really, I, I really love it, but, you know. I mean, uh, that's where I'm putting it. I get it. I get it. Uh, that's cool. All right. Well, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at methodoncreator.com for any general questions to any of the co hosts. Or Matt D at methodoncreator.com for any general questions to any of the co hosts. You can find me on social media at methodoncreator on Facebook and methodon64 everywhere else. Where can I find you? You can find me at S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-C-U-R-R-O.com, StephenCCurro.com. That yes. is my author's website. Um, Got a lot of short stories, novel novelettes. Yep, a novelette, short stories, one of which just got published in um, the Feature is So Bright anthology. Uh, nice. Yeah, you can find all that there. Good um, stuff. I have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. Uh, there is an Acrocanthosaurus technically in it. Uh, she is a Lumetra. Uh, the, and so you don't see her in person, but she has a statue, and she's one of the pictures in one of the chapter illustrations. The Order of Illumitra was founded by her as a she was an I, I am working on a book series. The first book mentions Acro. Uh-huh. Uh, the second one, I'll probably find a way to actually make Acro appear. So I have like that's a, the thing. Acrocanthus is so cool, and we mention it in our books, but we still don't show it. So I know we're, we're also sleeping on we're it. Part of the, the... We're part of the problem. <laughs> we're all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. We'll see at the end of every episode of Paleo Bites. I'm gonna say it's a high spine lizard. Like, <laughs> roars really loud, high pitch. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, well, it's like because they didn't roar. We think now, but even though sometimes some people are thinking they did, especially if you hear a crocodile, be like, Ooh. right, right, right. Anyways, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 